Welcome to On The Bounce, where we discuss resilience and its practical application in our lives. Together, we'll discover the tools needed to empower ourselves, develop positive thoughts, and accomplish our goals to become the best versions of ourselves. Hello, audience, and welcome to another exciting episode of On The Bounce. I have Anne today, who I'm super excited about. having this podcast episode with. And just before we started, I definitely shared my my reasoning why I think this is so vital, especially as we're getting ready to move into the holiday season and just making sure that we're taking those moments to just focus on some of the skills or those those opportunities to enhance our, our opportunities to better communicate with each other. So with that being said, and I would like to welcome you to On The Bounce and really having a few, being able to have a few minutes with you and to just connect old school way, right? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Samira. It's a pleasure to be here on On The Bounce podcast. And I'm really honored to, to just to meet you. And uh, I look forward to adding value to your audience today as we talk about resilience in relationships and communication. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, super excited about that. And, uh, you know, I definitely want to give you a few, uh, a few minutes to introduce yourself and let my audience know why I'm excited to have this conversation. And then we're just going to get right into it. Sure. My name is Ann Visser, and I have been equipping individuals and organizations for well over 20 years now to communicate in a way that aligns with their values. I am a certified John Maxwell coach, speaker, and trainer with For Better Forever, which I co-founded with my beloved husband, Malis. I teach, I train, I coach in the areas of communication and leadership and mindset and personal growth and especially relationships. And so uh, I've been working with couples and women to equip them in communication skills and conflict resolution. I teach young people and students. I have a program called How to Avoid Falling for a Jerk, which is for singles. Um, I also, which is, by the way, written by Dr. John Bennett, not my own material, but it's a fantastic program and I love it. And I've had the opportunity to teach values-based leadership skills uh, with John Maxwell himself in uh, Paraguay, which was a very exciting opportunity. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I've been able to teach and train addicts in recovery in our local jail and at a home recovery home for addicts uh, to help them grow from the inside out with personal growth and relationship values and principles that will support their sobriety. Mm. And so I, yeah, and I also have a membership for Christian women called the Sisterhood Journey membership. And there we talk about the four lanes of communication. So we talk about God talk, self-talk, which is so important for our growth, people talk mm-hmm. and leadership talk. And oh, fun facts, Samira. I, Malis and I have been married for 42 years. Oh, wow. And, yeah. And together Congratulations. with his, <laughs> thank you. Together with his family, we uh, own a family farm on beautiful Prince Edward Island in Canada. And I'm the mom of five adult children and 11 beautiful grandchildren. Wow. Again, confirms why I'm super excited to have this conversation with you, right? And one, first of all, congratulations on uh, such, uh, you know, 40 plus years of blissful marriage and uh, being able to uh, have... um, 
being able to have your children and now enjoying grandchildren as well. So I uh, love that. Um, I will add uh, the fun facts. So when you say grandchildren, we were on the verge of being empty nesters. Uh, and then we, then we end up having twins. So we have a 20, a 21 year old, it soon to be a 21 year old next week. And then we have four year old twins. So, uh, <laughs> so it's just really, you know, uh, being able to appreciate the both spectrums both chart there, but, you know, I tell you what, and like, you know, you giving the overview of of what you're involved with and the impact that you're able to have to so many different individuals and so many different generations is one is one that gets me excited. And then two, being able to really understand the value and having having individuals being intentional about how and the importance of communication. So let's just start there. Let's just start with why is communication so important? It's the lifeblood of relationship. Wow. It, it's the lifeblood of leadership. Yeah. If I can't communicate and inspire and encourage others, I can't lead. Yeah. If I can't communicate with my family, with my husband, I can't connect. And for me, communication is all about connecting. If I don't connect with you, this podcast is going to be useless. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Right. And if I don't connect with my family, with my husband, relationship is so dry and empty. Yes. And so being able to communicate deeply was something that we were not doing well. And yeah. this is why I'm passionate about doing what I do because we struggled so much in marriage and, but we didn't start out that way. Um, right. Can I tell you a little bit of our history, Samara? Oh, absolutely. So we started out, um, I was so attracted to him. I was 15 years old mm. and I, I shamelessly chased him. I just wanted a date. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was writing him notes and leaving notes in his desk and, and asking questions. I was fascinated with this guy. He was a leader in our school and I wanted to know more. Nice. And I wanted to know what was driving him and, and why he was doing what he was doing and why he wasn't out drinking on the weekends, why he was, there was something special about him and I needed to know what that was. And so wow. my curiosity drove me to learn more <laughs> about this guy. And then three years later, I did get my date. Three years later, we married. And um, oh, wow, I still remember the photographer said to us, I have never seen a couple look at each other the way the two of you look at each other. Oh, that's beautiful. Crazy, crazy in love. Yeah. <laughs> and then fast forward, we had, I was pregnant one month after we were married and very, very sick. And then we had five children in six years. So we didn't have that big space, Ooh. that lovely space that you had, Samara. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And my husband was working long hours as a farmer, and I often felt like a single mom. And so right. we had these ex yeah, we had these external pressures like busy farm life and busy family life. And then we had those internal pressures. We were not communicating well about what was happening to us. Mm. And so we just grew apart and my friend calls it a creeping separateness. And I like that definition because that's what it felt like. It kind of snuck yeah. up on us with busy, with busyness, 
life sneaks up on you, right? Yeah. And so we were not communicating it well. We were not conflicting well until one night that changed everything. And we were sitting in our farm truck outside our favorite restaurant. It was supposed to be a date night. I don't know why these things happen on date night. (laughs) (laughs) But I said to him, I can't do this anymore. Wow. Yeah. And he looked at me and he said, what do you mean? What do you mean you can't do this anymore? And I said, I can't do marriage like this anymore. I said, we, 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 we just keep like, we're not resolving anything because we weren't fighting. Mm. We were avoiding conflict and we would run from it until resentment would build. And that's the problem with not communicating and not conflicting. Then resentment builds until one of us would be, you know, explode. And that's not the good way to have an argument or a disagreement. Right. But on this night, when I poured out my heart to him, he heard me and he shared his heart with me. And I hadn't heard his heart in a very long time because we weren't communicating, because we weren't conflicting. And that pivotal conversation changed everything for us because we agreed that we would get the help that we needed in order to get well. And I tell my people, it's the best and bravest thing you can do in the world is to get help, get help sooner than later. I used to tell my pre-married couples, um, I used to say, I used to say to people, you know, get help uh, when you need it or if you need it. And now I say when you need it, when you need it, because we all run into trouble. We all run into problems. That's the normal, natural process of life. So get help when you need it sooner than later. Don't wait like we did. We waited too long. And then there was a lot of pain to work through. Right. Uh, But very quickly, there was new hope because we made that decision to get help. The very next day, I found a book called Making Love Last Forever. We Mm. devoured that book. And as we were learning new skills, we applied new skills, learn a little, do a little, you know, if we just study knowledge alone is empty. Yeah. Knowledge alone doesn't get us anywhere. When Mm -hmm. we start to apply that, when we start to see changes in our own lives, in our own marriages, in our own partnerships, in our own work, as we apply and so as we were pl- as we were applying learning how to communicate well we discovered that we were not communicating at a deep level at all we were communicating um you know this person needs to get here and we need to we have this appointment here it was all business yeah that's no that's no way to connect <laughs> yeah and when we learned to express this is how i'm feeling and this is what i need we went into the deep levels of communication and mm. we i remember the very first time i was standing in our kitchen it it was a bad day with our kids five little ones i was exhausted it wasn't a good day and i looked at him and i said i just need a hug right now wow and he he got up from the chair and he walked over to me and he put his arms around me and he held me mm. I was like, are you kidding me? It's this easy. I should have been doing this all along. (laughs) That's what that means. (laughs) That's what that means. I just need to ask for what I need. And he may respond in a really great way. Oh my gosh, that is beautiful. You know, and I really, one, thank you for uh, giving us um, 
a snapshot of your journey and being able to really appreciate the value uh, and the impact of the, and the honesty of it. I think that, you know, a couple of things that I really want to just take a moment and acknowledge is that I think as, as a society, we are just naturally in, in, ingrained to just work, 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 fill our days, fill everything up with work so that in our minds, we have this idea that if we're doing and checking all the right blocks, then it's the process, our relationships are by default working. You know, we, we have jobs, we're working, we're we're productive citizens. We're taking care of our children. Our children are going to school, right? Like we're doing all these things. And in our mind, we, we validate it by, because those are the things that we're, we feel that we're supposed to do. But in all of that, what is being lost is the connections. Because like you mentioned, it just becomes a business transaction. And so that when the reality and the heartache and the heartbreak of just facing the fact that there isn't a connection, you're just like, well, what do you mean? We're doing all the things that we're supposed to be doing. It works well. Our business runs well. And it's just so much more than that, right? And and I share that because I, I have found us to be struggling in this area too, especially with young, with young toddlers, like they run the household, like everything is generated off of your children, right? Like it becomes your life becomes your children's schedules. And it's just so easy to just put love, put a relationship completely in the back burner and just expect the other person to understand and be on the same page as you. But it does come to a point, it does come to that honesty of saying, you know what, I I need to tap back into that. Yes. And we just expect that it is going to happen by default. Yeah. Like, shouldn't love just happen? Shouldn't right. it be easy? Shouldn't <laughs> communication be easy? I mean, that's what yeah. it looks like in the movie. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> right. You have the moment in the rain and then everything gets back together. Right. No, it's not like that at all. <laughs> it is not like that. And yet it can be very sweet. And yes. when, when we know how to connect and you are so right, Samira, it takes time yeah. to connect yeah. and there's no way around it. We yeah. can cheat. We get, we're cheating. We can yeah. cheat our marriage. <laughs> we can cheat our marriage and not give it the time that it, it that it needs. And it may be okay, but it's going to be so much better if we give it some time, if we nurture it, like we would nurture a garden. Yeah. Um, if we don't, it will die. It yeah. it can't help but die because we lose that connection. I often think, you know, we say we fell out of love. I often wonder if couples don't fall out of no. Mm. You know, when I don't have the time to say, you know, how was your day? What's happening in your day? Well, you know, that thing you told me about earlier today, that appointment that you had, how did that go? Mm. You know, when we don't have the time to check in with each other, yes, to nurture, this is the thing I know about you today. I know you had to have a hard conversation at work. How did that go? Yeah. When we don't have the time to check back in with each other and take that moment to connect and, and 
how good it is mm. to be known, like how good it is to have somebody remember yeah. uh, that this was important to me today and to check back in with me. By the way, um, just a little story about knowing and how important that is. When I first started my business, it was over six years ago. Mm-hmm. I didn't have internet at home. So I would travel to uh, 30 minutes away to our capital city and and stay and and work at a Starbucks, a local Starbucks. Mm-hmm. And um, I order the same coffee and I would sit there for a good part of the day and, and refresh my cup. And, and uh, then the next year, so I was there all year. They, they knew me. Oh, wow. The next year um, I had internet at home. I didn't have to go in anymore. And then months later, maybe six months later, I was going through the drive-thru. I have a very specific order of coffee. Uh-huh. I ordered my coffee in the drive-thru and the voice on the other end said, Anne, where have you been? We've missed you. <laughs> okay. That's really good service. Yeah. <laughs> remembered my name, remembered wow. my voice, remembered yeah. my coffee order somehow. And I felt known. Yeah. But it's the same. So by the way, that's a really good lesson for businesses, right? Yeah, absolutely. But it's so valuable to feel known and to remember those little things about each other in our home too, so that we can connect and connect through communication, connect through that time and nurture our relationships in order to grow and to stay in the know and to stay in love with one another. Yeah. I love that. And, you know, even if we just kind of pick that apart and just take that same concept and like you said, put it in business, put it in, put it in our, our school, anything that we do, the way that we communicate with our children, right? It's relevant across the board. Uh, It's relevant across the board. And I think that if we, for me, I feel like, um, I like for me, I feel like we've created this default life, right? You just go through the motions. You're just going through the motions. Hi, good morning. How are you? Good. And everybody just kind of goes on to the next. But like you said, it's that check in, that knowing, that taking that moment and recognizing differences, red flags, or opportunities to be, to, you know, to walk into the relationship that is sometimes missed. I I really love, I really love that. So when we're talking about work and we're talking about relationships at work and uh, being able to, being able to navigate through communication, how, what is, what is your take and how do you encourage leaders and subordinates to be able to appreciate the value of communication? Mm. By the way, one of the reasons I just want to revert back what you said there was brilliant. I think one of the reasons why we avoid in conversations either at home or at work is because they can be emotional. Mm, yes. And we're, we're, we're run from that a little bit. Like, just don't get too emotional on me here. I just don't know what to do with this. I don't know what to do with you when right. it gets too emotional. So we kind of step back from that. And when we step back from that, we're stepping back from an opportunity. You call it an opportunity. I love that. Yeah. We're stepping back from an opportunity to step into and care. But we don't yeah. have to fix it. Yes, yes. We we just need to care about what's happening for somebody else. And then there can be so much more understanding at work too, which you're asking about. When I understand that 
this person is really struggling in their marriage. Their their husband or their wife or the partner just left them. Yeah. And so they're obviously they're having a bad day today. There'll be a little more grace for them than there would be for the person that continually shows mm. up late for work and they just don't have their their act together. There's going to be more like when we know what's happening, we can shift a little bit and right. work with people, right? And so I think it's really important in communication, and I tell my people, is number one, to check emotions, Hmm. to check and know where I am. This was one of the challenges that I had, and that's why I work with my people on this, because I didn't know. I was so much in default that you talk about. I didn't know how to recognize what I'm feeling. Mm. you cannot express that to somebody else. If you don't know, you can't yeah. even process what you don't know. Yes. And so I needed, and that's a skill. I thought, well, that doesn't that come automatically. Uh, uh-uh. That's mm-hmm. a skill. And by journaling now I'm much better able to identify what I'm feeling. And when I know what I'm feeling, I know when I'm going into a conversation at work or at home, what's going on inside of me. So then I have a better idea of how to maneuver through that conversation so that the conversation has a better outcome. I talk about pivotal conversations, which are the goal of a pivotal conversation is to create a shift or a change in some way Mm. because something isn't working. That's what we had in our farm truck on that date night. It was a pivotal conversation. Our marriage wasn't working. We needed a shift or a change in some way. That statement that I used, it was disruptive. Sometimes we need a bit of a disruption in work because we just go through route like you talked about. Or sometimes we need a disruption at home because we're just doing things by route. We're not really thinking about them. And so that disruption enabled us to shift or change what we were doing. But it did require, first of all, some honesty and some vulnerability. Now at work, there's not going to be as much vulnerability. That would be ridiculous, (laughs) right? (laughs) You don't need to know all my stuff today. (laughs) You don't need to carry all my stuff today. But it does require some degree of honesty. For example, if somebody's showing up late for work or if somebody's hanging around your desk at work and you can't get your work done and that means you have to stay late and there's people at home waiting for you, that will require some degree of honesty in that pivotal conversation. So you can have a shift in the way you're doing things because you don't want to be home late for work. You want to show up on time for your people who are the most important people in your life, right? Yeah, I love that. There were so many, I mean, I love what you just highlighted. And I definitely wanted to take an opportunity to uh, to go to highlight the fact that when you said, even sometimes I don't even know how to process this. So when when you said that, it made me think about parents sometimes having to just disassociate to be able to manage through the day, and even just in the professional environment. As a leader, we feel that we have to tap into this very stoic uh, uh, presentation and to, to appear as if we are just in control of our emotions, that to the point that there is a disconnection, disconnection that it may even come across as lacking empathy or sympathy, some basic requirements that leaders need to be able to dis to portray to show 
the authenticity or the the care in them. But I know I know for me, I, I was in I was in the I, I retired from the military. And there were so many times that I had to just disassociate myself with emotion just so I can be able to get through and being able to really do my job. Uh, And so after a while, that became my norm. I just Mm -hmm. said, you know what? I don't need emotions because it's a distraction. I don't need to have that ability to become uh, invested or connected emotionally because it was a distraction. So I went years and years and years just kind of being in this, this this is the space that I'm comfortable in to the point that when I have, when with my husband and he's, he's asking me to tap into that area that I've created this box around and I just kind of put it in, in the archives. It's, it was, it was work for me. It is still work for me if I had to be honest. And I find that even in work, right, there are moments where I'm not able to have that, those true connections with my, with my subordinates or uh, the employees, because I just don't get what you're saying. (laughs) You know, Mm. why can't you just do that? Just, just do it. And it just created these moments of animosity, not intentional. I was cheered about the overall good of, you know, the greater good, but just being able to have those moments to better connect were often missed. Hmm. Yeah. And there are workplaces where we are required to, as you say, disassociate or kind of just tap it down, right? Or Mm -hmm. leaders are often required to kind of tap it down. Or moms or dads are required to tap it down. You don't want little ones to wear an adult's stuff, right? We don't want our little ones to carry. That's way too much for a little one to carry. And so, and that can be challenging, isn't it? When you're on the fly, right? because it takes time to process emotions. Yeah. It takes me more time than I want to process my emotions, <laughs> honestly, but I need to journal. It, it yes. really helps me to journal, but that takes time. Yeah. And so, but that has really been helpful for me, but I do find the more I journal, the better, the faster I get at that ability to be able to know on the fly what I'm feeling and what's going on. Mm. But of course, the the deeper the pain or the deeper that taps into something that's troubling you, mm. then the more con- kind of complicated those emotions become, mm. I find. And then they take a little longer to kind of untangle. Yeah. Uh, at least that's been my experience for sure. And for some of my people as well. But I find that untangling, once I know where I am, what I'm feeling, what I'm thinking, what I'm, what is really troubling me, and then what I really want, even if I don't get to express that, it's helpful for me to know where I am, yeah. kind of a baseline so that I can go into a conversation um, and even, um, you know, say, uh, some people are so good at this, Mara, they're, you know, this is what I want and this is, this is what I'm concerned about. This is what I really care about. Mm. And being, you know, I, I care about you. I had a, I heard of a, a leader who had a conversation recently um, where they had to uh, uh, let go of a contract for for this contractor and very, a, very capable of saying, you know, I really care about your work and I see the value in your 
work. And, but the budget just does not allow us to hire you again. Mm. Such leadership, such care and such compassion. It was tough news to hear. Absolutely. But at the same time, because it was a big contract, but at the same time, it was delivered with such care and compassion. There may be some connection later on down the road when right. the budget then re enables that to happen. Now, because this leader knew where she was and knew what was fe she was feeling and knew what um, it was a really good conversation between two people. So staying in touch with yourself is so vitally important and aware of that emotional kind of temperature of where we are and the thoughts that are happening at the time and then being able to communicate care and compassion for the person even though you're delivering tough news is so important because somewhere down the road you've left the door open in business to be able to connect again to be able to work Absolutely. again if you know if that's a company that you want to work with again so I think being able to take that emotional temperature is really important. So it does require some time to check in with ourselves, to check those emotions and even intentions and motives of our heart, you know, why we're having this conversation to know for sure what that is about. Yeah, I, I appreciate you sharing that. And even just in the spirit of the holidays, as we get closer to the holidays, for some people, it is it is a very uh, intense or it can be an emotional time for many people. So even just having that awareness and that gauge and being able to uh, regulate for yourself and for others and to not necessarily impose your ways on others, but to create space for others to be able to process it in their own way as well is absolutely crucial. When we're looking at communication within the workplace, how does it differ from communication in your relationship if you feel that there is any difference? Mm, good question. And so I think about it in a difference uh, between invulnerability. Mm. So when we kind of talked about that, but I like to think about it as a wheel of vulnerability. And so the people closest to me, my inner circle, which is going to be my, my partner, my spouse, they're going to get it all or most of it. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. They're going to get it raw, right? <laughs> They're going to get it raw. <laughs> and then as we go out, like our children, um, and then um, maybe significant other people in our lives, family mm -hmm. members, friends, and then we keep going out. So that vulnerability, the workplace is further out in that vulnerability wheel. So they're not going to get as much vulnerability as the people closest to us. They need mm. honesty. Yeah. They need honesty, but they don't need all that vulnerability, all that rawness. They don't need all of that. Right. And so I think that's the big difference in, I think it's important to keep it compassionately professional. Can mm. I just say that? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> because we want to know that our boss cares about us. We want to know. Um, in fact, I, I had a conversation with a, a woman who, uh, she was working long hours. She was caring for different locations. She was traveling for work. Her um, company had a takeover. She Then she got a new boss and she didn't like the culture anymore. She felt it was more about production than it was about people. Mm -hmm. And she tried to have that conversation, that pivotal conversation with her boss multiple times. And she felt like she wasn't being heard. She said to me, I would have, you know, she said, the funny thing is I would have worked those long hours for my previous boss. 
because mm. I knew he cared. Hmm. I knew he cared about me. Interesting, right? Yeah. I would have I would have worked those long hours for him because I knew he cared about me. But a short time later, she quit that position because she didn't feel appreciated or cared for. So our leaders need to show that there is some care and compassion. And that's, you know, that's a bit of a line that we need to walk in order to show that and still stay professional and right. to let our people know yet yeah, that they care. So I, I do believe that vulnerability is a big difference in the workplace. I think it's important to keep it professional while still letting our people know that we care about that and to be human beings for heaven's sakes at work. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. There was something that you said, and I wanted to go back on. Uh, you mentioned that she she left because she felt as if uh, her boss did not demonstrate the level of care that she was looking for. So, and I've heard the statement that um, I've heard the statement multiple times. I want to be heard. I want to be heard. And how much of that, if you were, if you had to divide level of responsibility for that statement, how much of that responsibility or the onus is on the individual who is communicating their, their needs and the receiver? I like to think of it as 100% responsibility on both sides. So I am 100% responsible to state clearly what's happening. Mm -hmm. Um, honesty, what I'm feeling, thinking, what I want, what's really troubling me here. Mm -hmm. So 100%, but then the other person is 100% responsible to receive. And mm. so, and listening is one of the hardest skills in the world. Yes, That's why there are coaches because coaches, that's their job, by the way, to listen. And it requires me though, to get out of my own head. Mm to not be defensive. So even when you trigger me with a word or a, a situation or a person, if I'm feeling triggered, I still need to manage that in order to listen, to understand rather than to respond. And mm. it is the hardest thing in the world and the most difficult part of listening, of communication is, I believe, is to truly listen, yeah. to hear what the other person is saying and not to jump three steps ahead yeah, and, and not to kind of jump into the middle of their statement. Yeah, but, yeah, but what about, yeah, yeah but. That's not what I meant. That's not what I said. You heard me wrong. <laughs> yeah. So wherever I am, whether I'm on the listening end or the speaking end, it's my job to be 100% responsible, responsible for my part in it. Um, I love this quote by Dave Os Osberger. It's just an amazing quote. Listen to this, Samira. Being heard is so close to being loved mm. that... For the average person, they are almost indistinguishable. Wow. Yep. I can absolutely appreciate and uh, to really connect with that because I feel like it it really changes the, the content of the relationship. And I think by default, when you are able to find those individuals that you feel hear you at the level that you're at and are able to meet you where you are it just seems like the relationship naturally progresses in the way that it should. And there's an appreciation for that. And the same goes true for the opposite. 
you 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 run into those people that it's just you just keep hitting this wall and it just doesn't matter how much you try or try to adjust accordingly it just doesn't graduate to the next level yeah so i can definitely appreciate that yes we all want to know when we come into every conversation do you care about me can i trust mm. you yeah yeah yeah. Whether it's at work or not, um, we need to know that the people around us, they care Yeah, about, and it's just essential for a leader. It is not optional for a leader. They, we, if they do not care, be, because when you think about a leader, a leader is somebody who has people who follow them. Right. If they're walking alone, they're not leading. That's right. And so people aren't going to follow people that don't care about them. That's just not right. going to happen. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Thanks for uh, highlighting that. If you are not, if you're leading and no one is following, <laughs> then you're not leading. Uh, beautifully said. Let's talk about some of the services that you provide, and and uh, as far as uh, the different the different levels and for the different audiences as well. Mm-hmm. So uh, I coach one on one. Love to. Speak love to coach one-on-one with people to help them grow in their relationships and to help them grow in their communication skills. I teach a program ongoing and I, this is, uh, I'm just starting this program online for the first time. I've been teaching it for well over 10 years. It's called how to avoid falling for a jerk by Dr. Mm. John Van Epp. And we're going to be teaching that ongoing uh, virtually. And so I'm very excited about that. It's great for singles, for single again, for anyone who wants to understand more about how love grows, what healthy relationships look like. It's a powerful, mm. powerful program. And I also teach the 15 invaluable laws of growth because I believe that growth happens from the inside out. I can change my job. I can change my partner. I can change my location. But if I don't change from the inside, nothing else really changes. That's so uh, true. Yeah. And um, I also have the membership for Christian women. Uh, and there we talk about the four levels, uh, four different areas of communication. And we have ongoing workshops. Uh, I work with my daughter, Samira. That's really cool to be able to work with her. That is fun. Yeah, she's my copywriter and my digital expert. So if there's anything tech you need, yeah, don't come to me. Go to her. Yeah, and we have a couple of freebies. We have a weekly newsletter that goes out. It's the Tuesday Coffee Brew with Anne, and because I love my coffee. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> <laughs> and we also have a free resource. I'd love to give that to your audience as well, if I could, Samara. Absolutely. Yeah, it's called uh, the seven day challenge. And it's where you get to prepare for your next pivotal conversation. Often these conversations, they happen over and over again. So you know, it's going to come up again. Yeah. And so this is a way to prepare. So each day we'll send you a short video uh, with a simple action step. Remember, we don't take action, nothing changes. And so it's a simple action step to help you prepare for your next pivotal conversation. So you can go from not knowing what to say or how to approach that to knowing 
knowing exactly what it is you want to say and how to approach that pivotal conversation. And you can go to fourbetterforever.com forward slash challenge for that pivotal conversation. That's the numerical number four better, numerical number forever.com forward slash challenge. And there you can also pick up our weekly email. And every week, every week I send out communication tips to help you communicate in a way that aligns with your values. Yeah, I love that. And I'll definitely be sure to include all the links and the, the, uh, your website's information too, um, in the, in the podcast description as well. So I definitely appreciate you sharing that. There was also, uh, the seven day challenge. Um, I, my, a large portion of my audience are veterans and veterans transitioning into the workforce. So, uh, and, many of us, and I will include myself in this population because I am still learning how to better communicate outside of military military walls. So um, I definitely would love to uh, use that resource to help uh, transitioning service members or even individuals transitioning from one industry to another industry and provide them with that ability to get more confident uh, as as they start to navigate through these conversations, one of the biggest con- one of the biggest uh, ask that I see is how do I prepare myself for ne- uh, salary negotiation questions? Mm-hmm. How do I justify? And I think this is just right in line to give them a structure on how to um, how to start to build up to that conversation. Mm, uh, that, that, I love that. That's fantastic. And because we have to be able to manage those emotions because exactly. then we get into, uh, we get into our value and all of that, which has nothing to do with salary negotiations. <laughs> exactly. <by the> way. <laughs> You're priceless, but let's negotiate. Yeah. <laughs> right. Absolutely. I love it. Yeah. So those are definitely uh, resources that I'll definitely share uh, with my audience and being being able to provide that information. And I and also I definitely wanted to uh, take this opportunity to um, also go back to when we were talking about being able to communicate with our children. And and I and to me, it's so it's so important because we're going in such a in a technology-driven world, society. So, and we rely on technology to communicate for us, whether that be through apps, whether that be through texting, all these different types of different platforms. And nothing is more important than having the, than creating the space for genuine conversation with your children. And it doesn't matter that if you think that they, again, like us, checking all the blocks, they're going to school, they have good grades, they seem that they're part of the of the crowd that they best associate with, and it seems that everything goes, that is going well. I, I would love for you to provide some, some advice to how as parents, even if it seems right, take the opportunity to introduce new ways to communicate with your children, because I think that it's just so missed. I'm going to introduce two new old ways to communicate with kids. (laughs) (laughs) 
put the phone down. Mm. Don't let them at the dinner table. Spend some time around the dinner table. Make it sacred. Nothing interferes with dinner table and dinner table talk. We had so many wonderful conversations with our kids as we were learning about communication. We had so many great uh, talks around the table uh, during dinner time about what it, what does relationship mean? And several of our kids have come back to us and said, thank you. Thank you for doing Mm. that. And like sometimes I think they probably had their finger in their mouth because they were like, mom, dad, stop. <laughs> stop. But we didn't stop. Yeah. Put the, put the phone down, make the table, the dinner table sacred and have those conversations. We ask each other these questions and you could ask your kids these questions. What is the high point of your day? Open-ended mm. questions to stimulate conversation. And what was the low point of your day? Yeah. What do you appreciate about your sister today? What do you appreciate about your father today? What do you appreciate Mm. about me today? You know, just though, and then go around the table and ask everybody those questions and it will, you'll end up laughing and enjoying the, the dinner so much more and really connecting like we talked about. The second period of time that's really important for little ones, it's bedtime. Yeah. Take the time to read to your kids. Yeah. Take the time to sit and cuddle with your kids. There's nothing like touch is so powerful to connect with little ones and they need it. And we all yeah. need it. It's just so important. And as kids are getting older, they still love to have us read to them. And uh, and when your kids are getting even older, like the 21-year-old, I don't know if they're still at home with you or not, but those older kids, I used to get busy in the kitchen at 12 o'clock at night. Hmm when they would be coming home Mm. and we maybe didn't have a conversation, but I created a space where Mm. if they needed to talk and kids, teens want to talk at night, they don't want to talk to you in the morning. They want to talk to you at night. And so I just created this empty space where they could come into the kitchen and they could talk if they wanted to, or they didn't have to, if they didn't want to, but at least there was a space and time where there I was and, and there was the open opportunity. So there's a couple of ideas. Mm, I love that. Yeah, that is beautiful. I, I really appreciate you highlighting that. And it was an absolute pleasure having this conversation with you. I'm enlightened. There's my wheels are turning and there's just so many, there's so many opportunities that I'm looking to, to be more intentional moving forward uh, just for myself. And I know that my audience will feel the same way and I'll be sure to give them the resources. Thank you so much for taking the time and being on the podcast today. Well, a great big thank you to you for your service and to those of your listeners in the audience as well. I just so much appreciate. I, I'm a Canadian, but we work together in a lot of ways. Absolutely. So, and my my own family, my sister is uh, is retired from the army as well. So, I very much appreciate and am familiar with the sacrifice that you have all made. So, thank you, and thank you for having me on the Bounce Podcast. Ah, oh, thank you so much. I appreciate it. As always, thank you so much for taking the time to join us and listening to On The Bounce. If you would like to read more on the topics discussed in today's episode, I have included the links to the research I have referenced in the episode description. Please feel free to share your thoughts and leave a comment. And as always, see you next time.